Hetch and I are going to act. And I think... <laughs> Is this how the show ends? No! <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna ruin our fans. <laughs> They'll never talk to us again. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra Arcane Council Archives, the Grand Conspiracy episode. I'm your host Ryan here with the other host Edge. It is up to us to solve this conspiracy that we totally don't already know more details than what's actually given in the archives because we've consumed all this content. It's true. Like we've watched Arcane. A lot of our listeners have watched it already. But that's the thing about how well this is done. And we always say that. But it's true consistently, which is what we want to make sure. The day we say it's bad is when we got to start talking to Rito, right? But for now, yes. there's still content here, even if you've watched Arcane. Yeah. So, you know, definitely I mean, listen. That's why we're here. We're holding them accountable. All right. Mm-hmm. So, if we're saying that it's good, good. It, it has matched our standards, our casual standards. And we will make sure that it matches our, stat, our casual standards of the future. Solidarity <laughs> with listeners. And in all things solidarity, we got housekeeping. Help us out. Solidarity. <laughs> you can listen to us everywhere. <laughs> Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info and then follow us at any platform you prefer to listen on or all of them. That helps. Uh, And then you can send an email to podcastcore at gmail.com if you got something to say to us. Uh, Leave a like, follow, short review slash comment at any of these locations. But the easiest way is to tell just one. If you do more, then that's cool. But just one friend to believe in the red string and cork board by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Pepe Sylvia. Pepe Sylvia. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into it. We're talking about the Council Archives again. This is the third section of the Council Archives, which is the Grand Conspiracy, which focuses around Caitlin and her endeavors into the criminal world as she opens up some of these documents she shouldn't be touching. And this is kind of a long one, so we're going to try to move at a clip here uh, and be respectful of your time. Uh, So we start off with a pinned photo of inmate 516. So if you listen to our previous episode, you know, inmate 516 is Vi. uh, But you know, this is an interesting picture of Vi because even in the, you know, scrawlings of Jinx, you never really see Vi smiling. And she's smiling in this picture and laughing. Yep. Yep. It's a very candid shot. Like, it, and it even has like the breakdown that this is more, that it is more candid than anything else. It's not post or anything. It's yeah. a moment captured in time. And it, with it being a picture of Vi laughing, and we know that this is Caitlin's corkboard, the all the fan fiction people of Twitter explode. All right, run with this. We know what you're gonna do. Just go ahead and get it done. <laughs> and then we move to the next thing, which is a conspiracy board. Hence the corkboard reference. Uh, most people have seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If you have it, come on. What are you doing? Watch that and then come Pepe back Sylvia. and listen to us. Or listen to <laughs> watch us that. while you watch that. <laughs> Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> but no, we have a conspiracy board here, um, which is a testament to the tenacity of Caitlin as she continues to hunt down these clues, despite um, almost being killed, as we saw in the show. Oh, by the way, spoilers for some arcane stuff so we can reference here to give you better perspective. Um, but yeah, in Arcane, very early on, she's almost killed during a smuggler bust. Uh, but she's still on the case, right? She's always three step a- steps of steps ahead of everyone, despite working alone, which is something that we start to see uh, pay off as she gains some power and prominence in the department down the road. Yeah, and although we're making the jokes to Charlie Day over here, um, the Caitlin's uh, her her little board as far as putting all the pieces together, it is very well made it's very well maintained as well and that's why it is just a marvel that she's able to do this without the resources of piltover because at this point of her making this she is not she's just a beat cop she is not a detective she has no pull within the the rank of the wardens so this is already just ridiculously impressive and a tantamount to her intelligence and if they just gave her all the power that she could need, who knows what would have happened at Arcade? Who oh, knows what who people knows? would have been safe? We'll but, find out in season two. Uh, that's a little. Oh, oh little we're going to find there. out. But no ad. But what, what, what's next? What's next after <laughs> Well, I do want to point court? out that tenacity here I have highlighted for you League of Legends players because that matters. You know what I mean. If you don't know what we mean about tenacity, Go look it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what we mean by that, not only should you look it up, but you're probably one of the people that we yell at. It's just like, oh my God, look at the stuns on that team. Buy Merc Treads. <laughs> just buy them. <laughs> so the training rifle is the next thing here, the next item that we get to click on in this, this uh, point and click adventure. And this is something we've referenced in three episodes or more at this point. Uh, we keep making the callback and here it is. Uh, the fanciful uh, rifle, which, you know, every enforcer has your standard issue training rifle, but hers is built different. It's smaller, has a smaller frame to it. It's more decorative and expensive looking. Uh, and here it looks brand new and unused, which means obviously it's not season two yet. Right. So she hasn't really used it yet. And it's a reference to the original lore about her parents involvement with this rifle, blah, blah, blah. Go listen to those yeah, episodes. And <laughs> we yeah, don't have you, enough time. Check that. Yeah, check out the Caitlin episode specifically mm-hmm. if you want to hear more about the like the differences in the lore compared to Arcane as far as her gun and her parents and how that works. But one of the things that's noticed here is that these guns were they're more decorative. Like this is kind of more like the what you would see in the like in the Marines or the Army when you're dressing up for a parade or something like that. Um, so this is for show these were never meant to see combat or never meant to see hardships much like their owner because the parents weren't really too keen on caitlin becoming a warden uh but caitlin's not just going to become a warden caitlin's going to get deep in the crap and yeah, and... yeah no, we're, sorry. We're, we're gonna see just how deep we're, yeah <laughs> He was, in the, he was in the zone. He was in the zone. But no, okay, so let's get let's get deep in the crap. And when I say deep in the crap, this is probably one of the longest sections. I didn't expect this much information um, for them to go real deep with this. But they essentially present a whole ass case, multiple cases even, um, that kind of 
bring out this narrative that we don't get in the show, which is great, right? It's just extra stuff for us to talk about. So we start with the first record, which is Route to Robbery is the name here. And we're starting with a cold case and a big stamp on the cold case says, seek captain's approval before opening. We're going to ignore that. <laughs> we're going to ignore yep. that. Part. We're going to move right past that. <laughs> no one needs that. No one needs approval. You don't need permission. We're casuals. Damn it. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> needs to know that. So we move to the incident report. This is incident 1972. And this, you know, has essentially the victim information, the suspect's information. So let's start off with that, right? So the location is the cross street slash landmark. That is the last drop. We're familiar with that from Arcane. The victim information information is Grayson. We know who that is at this point. Uh, then other things are listed. Middle age, female, brown eyes, short black hair, weight, muscular, height, tall. Uh, and human. Now, this is interesting, and this will be referenced a lot throughout this, the victim type human, uh, because as we know, in this universe, there are different races. That's important. Yes, it is important, as well as, um, like, this is, we don't get this much in Arcane, uh, but we had theorized before that uh, with a lot of the different races, specifically Yordles, were in hiding. Uh, just from reading the comics like if you want to hear us talk about that you can check out the jigs jinx and zigs paint jigs. the town <laughs> jigs the jigs <laughs> uh which we, we theorize a bit more about kind of like you know for lack of a better way of saying it like racism and speciesism and mm -hmm. piltover uh but uh it is cool as far as opening this up that, you know, Caitlin was looking into the death of Grayson and yep. we get to see that in Arcane. We, we, the audience knows what happens, but Caitlin was hunting. Caitlin was trying yep. to find that out and Caitlin didn't need no one's permission to find that out. Exactly. And then we get follow up of suspects information here and we have nothing. Name unknown, age unknown, sex unknown, eye color unknown, 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 redacted, if you want to throw that in there. But the thing we do know is that suspect is still at large. <laughs> and that's scary. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we follow this with a crime narrative, right? What are, what are the notes that go along with what she's putting together? These are from Caitlin's perspective, is that uh, Grayson was investigating a call in the Undercity, then attacked by an assailant. There were marks on the body resembling a large animal, no evidence of an animal's origin or owner and the predator able to inflict these wounds does not is not known to be in Piltover or Zahn uh, yeah that's that's scary uh, and this leaves some some additional questions could a human have made these marks no who closed this case that's the question we're gonna ask a lot that's <laughs> yeah and and it's really cool that this is like the first instance that we're getting a look into Caitlin's thought process while she's moving on behind the scenes of arcane and that Caitlin is immediately just like no there's someone else involved that has power within the wardens yeah. uh you know, she's not outright saying that because you don't leave a paper trail that big but <laughs> but she's on to it she's like hang on a second who closed this not yeah. only because this is such an interesting case because what the hell killed grayson but grayson is the one that died mm -hmm. this is one of our own why is this closed as a cold case so it is really cool to see that caitlin has been on the ball since step one exactly so this takes us to the autopsy report which is the next 
section here. And this has some more details about Grayson. Uh, it says there were deep slashes across the chest and back caused by caused massive internal bleeding. And the probable cause of death by the coroner was blood loss attributed to an animal attack. So that question of could a human do this? Sort of. <laughs> we're now in this sort of kind territory. Of. Kind of. Tune in to our Warwick episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to wait till after the commercial break. Oh, uh, oh, uh, my bad, my bad. Cut, <laughs> cut the commercial, cut the commercial. Cut the commercial. So the next thing we have is the next case, which once again says cold cases seek captain's approval before opening. This is the second time we're being presented this, and this is the second time we're going to ignore it. That's right. Casuals don't need permission. <laughs> no, no. The casuals, <laughs> casuals don't need permission. Casuals will go ahead and they'll build a deck with Lux and any champion. <laughs> casuals don't carry ID. We don't need forms of identification. We're casuals. <laughs> so we move to incident report or incident number 3021 now. And once again, we're presented with the same format of information, this one with a landmark of the lanes, so more general. Uh, and we have victim information here, redacted name, middle-aged male, green eyes, heavy set, tall, uh, missing a right leg, full red beard, and victim type, human. Um, we know who this is. Who do we think yeah, is? we know who this is, despite it being redacted. <laughs> uh, we also kind of know that this is uh, taking place on the same night as when Grayson bit the dust, too. Yeah, uh, yeah so th we're we're looking at <clears throat> Vander's uh, buddy here, um, and I Benzo. Yeah, uh, like this. This is clearly Benzo. Big Ben. I think this is redacted. I think the name is redacted here, just because I don't think the wardens do. Or they just didn't care because yeah. the one one of their own died that night, and we know how a lot of law enforcers are depicted when one of their own is lost. Uh, that that's carried throughout every genre of fantasy telling, mm -hmm. and you can't tell me otherwise. Uh, <laughs> but this is also a thing of like they probably just didn't even know who this was it, because it was a Zaw night. It was like, oh well, does anyone know who this is? No. Did anyone of Zon stay around when the wardens came in to tell us? No, they all <laughs> left because it's like, oh, the Pilties are here. Get the hell out. Exactly. So they, they probably just didn't know. And it was just like, oh, yeah, we'll just say redacted so that we look smart. <laughs> yeah. So we get some more suspect information that we didn't have before. Remember, everything was unknown before. Now we have weight, muscular, height, very tall, uh, hair length, long and black. Uh, no more information, but still at large. And this takes us to the crime narrative. So in this crime narrative, we have uh, unknown, un oh, sorry, unknown person entered the business. The suspect entered through the door to which uh, was found ripped off the hinges later. The break in alerted 
redacted. Once again, we're not told who's alerted, um, who rushed upstairs with a legally owned firearm. That's important. And saw the suspect rummaging through their possessions. A witness overheard the victim give the suspect a warning. This was followed by the sounds of shattering glass and heavy objects being thrown. Several shots are fired in succession, followed by a scream belonging to the victim. Suspect was seen fleeing the scene, holding a large club-like object. Stash of medical items are missing from the premises. Uh, so Trundle confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Would that make me racist? Is that like no. profiling trolls? Is that like is that bad? <laughs> I What's even worse about that is like if someone out there has only ever read like Trundle's new lore, yeah. that's going to go even more over their head of just like of just like yeah are you being racist towards troll because trundle's frail you you idiot <laughs> we do have some uh, questions that follow right which kind of lead into that um just to have more fun is like suspect displayed unparalleled strength and constitution showed diminished cognition did not respond to victim what did they take so Am I racist against trolls? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Listen, Hatch, as somebody yeah, who I, dislikes yordles, to say it kindly, uh, you have no place to judge To say me. it kindly. <laughs> I, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that it's a fun little tidbit of just like now people are going to be like, oh, well, nowadays trolls are only from the frail yord. It's like, it, it used to be different, man. It, it used, used to, be, to different, be different. But guess uh, what's not I different? Did, we have a Trundle episode, so go listen to that. Why not? Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Check, check out the Trundle episode so you can hear more of Ryan's subtle hatred towards <laughs> the Trundle people. <laughs> but as you were. As he, uh, you know, he's only doing it to defend his queen, Ash. Uh, so this takes us to the autopsy report, right, of this same case. All the cases are kind of structured in this format, so hopefully we're guiding you in a way that's not too confusing. Because there's a lot of information here. But the, op the autopsy report has, you know, human male. Uh, it says that several slashes across the back caused massive internal bleeding. Uh, these were deep cuts, seemingly random, and the work of a crazed individual. The right leg was removed from above the knee. The, the wound is old and healed. Uh, it had been amputated some time ago. Probable cause, once again, blood loss. Seems to be an easy one. Uh, attributed to a type of serrated blade. Yeah, like this This one is interesting because we know from having watched Arcane that this all happened at the same time as Grayson. Um, and it's interesting that they, they're very quick to go ahead and just point this out to being like a another human assailant and very quick to say that this is just an interaction between some Zonites and it's cut and dry done. Cause at least with the, with Grayson's death, it is, uh, it's like, okay, this looks like animal wounds who would have access to like any kind of beast that could do this kind of damage. And they, they leave even in the autopsy report they're leaving like a little bit open-ended of like yeah a human couldn't cause this so this is what we're looking for whereas with benzo who died to the same assailant they're just like yeah a serrated blade 
It's whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares about some some dirt from the lanes? Yeah. No, <laughs> we're not we're not hunting this. So they're very quick to just say, yeah, it was a human. It was just zonites killing each other, and there's no reason for us to look any deeper into this. Whereas. It, it, since we know from watching, if they were looking for the killer just as hard as they were for Grayson, they'd realize that it's connected and you'd follow down. Maybe it's not right to just piss on the people, on the poor. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. maybe. Uh, but this does takes us to something that's different in this section, which is a transcript of a recorded interview. And do we have a gift for you all? Hetch and I are going to act. And I think <laughs> is this how the show ends? No. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna ruin our fans. <laughs> They'll never talk to us again. So I'll be playing the part of an enforcer, and Hetch will be playing the part of R H. Uh, we don't have a full name there. You ready, Hetch? All right. Uh, <coughs> RH, I'm going to be Ricardo Hernandez. There you okay, go. Okay. I got this. <laughs> you ready? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. And if I shift into an Australian accent, whoops. This interview <laughs> is being recorded. I am Officer <laughs> Junior Officer Caitlin Caraman with the Piltover Enforcers. Can I have your full name? <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, they already got my information. I came in before. I do appreciate your cooperation. So why am I here again? You told our reporting officer that you noticed the suspect fleeing with a club-like object. <laughs> sure, sounds like something I would have said. Do you think that could have been a prosthetic leg? You know, now that I think about it, maybe it could have been. Where would someone get a prosthetic like that? I don't know. I suppose some sort of medical doctor. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. No problem, officer. You mentioned the suspect appeared unwell. Can you elaborate? I hate your Caitlin. Eyes <laughs> <laughs> uh, bugged out, sweating, frothing at the mouth. Have you ever seen anyone like this before? <laughs> you ever been to the Undercity? No, no, I haven't. You should visit sometime. So this wasn't an isolated or insulated, wait, wait, isolated incident? <laughs> you got there. I, I said all I'm going to say. You need to tell me more. I can help you. 
The fact that you think you can means you definitely can't. And see. Great job, Edge. Beautiful. Beautiful. I hated it. (laughs) And and the audience claps from their cars as they listen to this abomination. (laughs) So then we have a note after this transcript that says, is this shimmer? Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely (laughs) is. But it's really impressive to see that she was on this from the Mm get-go. Because we, in Arcane, we get this huge leap in time before the Wardens as a whole are trying to combat Shimmer. Yeah. Uh, Because, and... If you haven't listened to our episode, our con- our council archive episode with Vi's uh, possessions, uh, give that a listen to because we know from those possessions and those reports from her time in prison that this is like six or seven years of a time gap between the events of the first uh, arc of Arcane to the second one. So it, it's a lot of time, and Caitlin was on it long before the Wardens as a whole were. Yep. And this takes us to the final section of this uh, route to robbery, which is evidence. This is evidence number nine. This was found in a warehouse office, uh, and it's a note. And the contents of this note, which was also found by Marcus Redacted, we know who Marcus is at this point. Marcus is going to be important moving forward. Uh, but the contents of this note uh, I warned you what happens if you don't pay back what you owe. Don't bother going to one of my compatriots for help. You don't have a leg to stand on. Smiley face. Smeech. <laughs> Smeech. <laughs> Smeech. Who is Smeech and who does he work for? Who does he work for? Yeah. Uh, this is actually a really cool bit because yeah. like, this is the first time that we're seeing the name Smeech. So as far as just from the information we have without looking too deep, we kind of are in the same boat of like, wait, who is Smeech? Yeah. And who does Smeech work for? Huh? Cool. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not looking into the future with this one. Like, uh, it actually creates a puzzle let's do it (laughs) yeah let's do it so we move into the next thing which is the section is called in plain sight and we start with a missing persons report uh and this report is number five nine three so this one's structured a little bit differently um because we're dealing with a missing person and we start with their information so we have a female short thin brown uh brown eyes blonde hair uh, corrective lenses, yes, wearing glasses, tattoos, scars, none, race, human, clothing, casual wear, uh, associates, unknown, possible destination, unknown, last known location, school, and the relationship of the person who reported it is daughter. So some follow-up questions. Did the officer have any intent on finding this person? We know that to be an issue in the Undercity. And then what would have happened if this child had been from Piltover? Um, standard discrimination against Sawnites, which is a very real thing um, being portrayed here when it yeah, comes to missing and persons. Th- and this just goes on top of like the Benzo autopsy, right? Of just like, oh, yeah, no, just tidy it up, wrap it up in a bow as quickly as you can because they're from Zon. We don't care. 
Yeah. Like they, and this is just more of knowing that we don't care, especially with some of the information that is missing here or, or like the stuff that's redacted. It, you know, a lot of the times with the redacted stuff, it's um, either defending someone's uh, identity uh, or because they don't know. And there's no way that it's like they're not going to know because this is clearly someone's parent trying to track them down. You're not going to forget your kid's date of birth, their name, their address. You know all this stuff. So why is it redacted? Because, oh, we don't want them to anyone else to connect us to someone else. We didn't care. I was like, yeah, don't connect me to that missing person report that we did nothing about. Definitely intentional actions here. And nothing's more intentional than the next section we have here, which is a press release from Captain Marcus himself. So this contains a lot of information. I'm going to go through it real quick. So this um, is a press release for the abduction ring in the Undercity. And it has some notes. It says, uh, Piltover Enforcer on a standard patrol was alerted to strange noises coming from the sewage tracks between fissures and streets above. Backup was deemed unnecessary and the enforcer proceeded to investigate. The enforcer then entered the pipes following the sound of mechanical whirring and crying. The enforcer called out, but there was no response. The enforcer then continued into the lanes, forced open a metal gate, and went into the waste management system. They saw a bright light through the cracks of some bricks, removed a few, and saw a makeshift hospital. Several children were strapped to beds and hooked up to machinery. They had syringes in their arms, legs, and neck, injecting gray-green liquid into their squirming bodies. Very graphic. Uh, The Piltover police believed this was to be a scientific experiment at first. Uh, One child was identified and reunited with their mother in Zon. Their name was redacted, and then the illegal operation has been shut down and all equipment confiscated for examination by Piltover enforcements. Any potential leads should be reported to the authorities. Once again, this is a press release being released to the public, um, which is why it's structured in this way. So we have some questions on Kaylin's side. Uh, Were the children there voluntarily? Why was it shut down? How did the officer just stumble on a hospital? Was he tipped off? Were they tipped off? Who is running the operation? I this is this is kind of a lot to take in as far as just connected to the missing person report leading into it, but it is interesting because the from what we know going into Arcane is that we would assume that this is an operation to test Shimmer, or at least that to develop shimmer but the hospital that they end up breaking down and finding all these lost children at they're getting injected with a grayish green liquid instead of the purple liquid that we know of shimmer so this could be a thing that is either like a prototype to shimmer and what we get later on or this could be an homage to something completely different that we know of in the lore of piltover that's not talked about at all in arcane which is chemtech mm-hmm. all right and the, a lot of the champions that are stuck with chemtech they exhibit all of this grayish green thing like dr mundo ergot warwick as i made jokes to our warwick episode that does not exist <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> but uh, like 
Not yet. Like, it wouldn't be far-fetched to say that this could be unrelated directly to Arcane and be an homage to something that could be talked about later in Arcane, which is moving into Chemtech. And we know that a Chemtech character has been introduced in Arcane, and that's Singed. Singed is there. Singed is the one that helps Victor as far as take that final leap into, you know, committing his physical body into Hextech. And Singed helped develop Shimmer. So would it be completely like far-fetched to say that maybe this is the beginning of Chemtech and we're getting a little bit of a wink to where Singed is going later on? Who knows? Yeah. And you mentioned Chemtech, and that's the evidence we have for this file. And this is evidence number 11. Uh, this was found at the defunct sanatorium. Uh, and it was found by Marcus. And we have some questions here, which is, are they experimenting with Shimmer? Suit looks too big for children. So that's good, right? <laughs> we, <laughs> we get one we get one bright side with the child <laughs> experiments here, um, which is they probably weren't forced into these suits. Uh, but somebody had to be, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and the picture of the suit that's here, we do recognize that from Arcane, as far as in the third release of Arcane. Um, and good old, good old Jace, uh, Jason Vi, they, they, they know what these suits and who's in these suits, what they can do. So we, we do know that this is something directly connected to Arcane, but it's not directly Shimmer. Yeah. So it, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And we now move into, another transcript. So once again, Hetch and I are going to use our advanced abilities in acting <laughs> to bring you a scene. This is case 4435 at the Piltover Enforcement Officers. Uh, Hetch will be the enforcer this time, and I'll be playing the role of BGW. Uh, and that's by Big Giant Warwick. All right. <clears throat> Whenever you're ready, sir. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <clears throat> we are now recording. This is Officer Redacted. Can I get your name for the record? Redacted. <laughs> You're going to tell me the truth, right? You know the difference between right and wrong? Yeah. Good. If you cooperate with the enforcers, that's how we can help you. I know. I know. <laughs> Good, good. You seem like a smart kid. Start at the beginning. I have trouble breathing. A lot of kids in the fissures do. They um they offer me a chance to be healthier. <laughs> Redacted. Redacted. Redacted? Redacted. <laughs> Some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're saying that they lied the the chemicals what did they do i don't know was it shimmer not like any shimmer i'd seen before hmm. how is it different it powered their machines these illegal experiments Mm, yeah. And did you ever catch a glimpse of who was running things? Yeah, she wore a suit. 
Officer, stop the recording. And scene. <laughs> and that's the end of the transcript. Uh, we have some questions here, which is, uh, does Shimmer have other uses? And what doesn't the department want me to know? Well, everything, Caitlin, because at the beginning, it said, do not open this <laughs> without a captain's <laughs> order. What are you doing? None of this. They don't want you to know anything. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you ask that question, Caitlin. All right. So this is the first time that we actually see Caitlin be not the brightest person yeah. on the planet. <laughs> like, who doesn't want me to know? Yeah, and it, it, it's funny um, because we're followed this transcript by a disciplinary report, <laughs> which is so fitting, right? So we have a Piltover Enver Enforcement Department disciplinary action report, file 894 against Caitlin Caraman. Go figure. So uh, they have a serial number, they have a unit. Uh, and they have the allegations, right? And the allegations are a violation of Piltover Enforcement's department policy and procedures pursuant to standards and duties. Employee will respect superior officers and follow the chain of command. And there's some specifications, right? And they go as such. Uh, this is based on repeated violations of the enforce, uh, enforcer policy. Uh, Caitlin was found rummaging through cold uh, closed cases. These are only to be reported by lieutenants or reopened by lieutenants or captains. She was warned disciplinary action would be taken, but continued her actions. She continues to disturb the process to allow officers jobs to run smoothly. Uh, this is kind of a weird statement for a policeman to say. Uh, and then there's the quote, stay in your lane, Caraman. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah this is a for a disciplinary report and as far as like to actually put something down on paper yeah. as far as trying to stop someone digging up the skeletons in your closet because i think this is safe to say that this was put in by marcus right like like all the information of that bit is redacted yeah. but it, it's pretty safe to say this is marcus and oh, yeah. the like to put down to leave a paper trail of you trying to lock up the skeletons in your closet and to stop someone from looking in there, it seems a little bit brash to just leave a note. Stay in your lane, Caramon. I want to skin. It's like yeah, yeah. You're you were close. You were close. I want to skin because obviously we have the Vi and Caitlyn stuff. We won't go down that road. But I want a Caitlyn skin with like Vi's style leather jacket. And sprayed painted on the back in Jinx handwriting is stay in your lane. And I listen, Riot, listen to us. It will sell. It will sell. Oh my God. <laughs> We're just giving them away. It would sell, but at the same time, like, we, at the same time, there's enough Caitlin skin. <laughs> that like, is just true. chill. <laughs> <laughs> So we get uh, evidence of article with this report as well. And at the top, we have some questions to begin. So we'll talk about the article. The article is, once again, more chemtech. Uh, this is evidence number 11. This was also found in the defunct sanatorium. And the questions are, who is Rennie? Do they work for Smeech? Or do they work with Smeech? Do they work for Smeech? Or does Smeech work for them? So kind of some general questions that make sense. 
Yeah. Uh, it is interesting that now we have a connection to Rennie. And we do know from the show of Arcane that Rennie is kind of a bigwig when we're looking at the crime ring of Zaun. Yeah. Uh, when I say the crime ring, I'm talking more of like the people that are with Silco. Uh, so Rennie is kind of a big fish to actually catch some evidence on. So it's interesting <clears throat> that we have this uh, here as far as a suit being made for Rennie. And it's interesting that even though at this point we're kind of led to believe that Caitlin is off the trail mm -hmm. now to cover her own butt, uh, but that she was she was really close, yeah, really close to connecting a lot of big dots together. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we go to the biggest file of them all, which is the final one, double crossed. And we're going a bit longer for this episode because we're having fun with it. So thanks for hanging around. Uh, so let's go through this chunky of a file. Um, so section one is a criminal profile work in progress of Cross. And this is by Caitlin herself. So this is kind of her piecing some stuff together here um, from everything she's learned. So in this first section, we have some details. Uh, Cross is the real name unknown, or is that the name Cross? Uh, it's C-H-R-O-S-S. -S. You know, you have to have to have some flavor to it, right? Um, he is the leader of a dangerous high, or a highly dangerous organized gang known in the Undercity. He's ruthless, but also clever. Uh, originally from Piltover, which is interesting, and a personality and skill set that's suited for the Undercity. Uh, the following, everything after this, is a collection on the infamous hitman intended to help officers track him down. So the cool thing about this specific section is it kind of has some of Caitlin's personality in it, right? As, as far as how she's writing this compared to everything we've seen that's been like from Marcus, right? It has a sincerity to it of her trying to help her fellow officers. Yeah, yeah like the, this is the first time that we actually get to see that shift of seeing a bit more of the hardworking Caitlin compared to the Marcus working hard to cover his own butt yeah exactly <laughs> this is gonna have the info we're, we're getting the info oh we're getting there and what you're getting more of is some acting from yours truly the duo <laughs> the dastardly duo we have another transcript here from a recorded interview and we're gonna get into it hetch will be playing the part of the enforcer because he does it so well uh hetch is a cop called it uh and then i'll be playing the role <laughs> of n E, uh, Nigel Eggleston. That's what we'll call it. Ooh. Ooh. Uh -huh. And Ooh, it's because like I'm it. going to talk <laughs> on this, yeah? All right. Oh, no. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> you're mind, ready. I hate it. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> please state your name for the record. Redacted. <laughs> Right. I'm officer redacted. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the other guy? I want to talk to him. Yeah. What other guy? I want to talk to him. No, oh, never mind. Yeah, I see. I see. Uh, tell me about the man you work for. Cross. What do you want to know about him? Yeah, what, what's he like, like a, as a boss? He keeps us honest, not afraid to do the hard work. 
Okay. Did you know that he's from Piltover? Yeah. And that doesn't change your opinion of him? He may come from up there, but he's a citizen of Nation of Zorn. The what? An independent nation. If we don't get the luxuries of living under you, why should we be enforced by your laws? Should we not make our own a government that works for us instead of against us? Sit down. Yeah, redacted. (laughs) Is that what Cross wants to do? Start his own nation? No, not Cross. Someone else? His boss? Oh, I ain't telling you shit. <laughs> I'm glad we're not redacting that. <laughs> we Now we have you for life for numerous hits. You took out everyone that crossed him, eh? I was damn good at it, too. Not so good at not getting caught. You know... I've heard the food in the prisons ain't much worse than the stuff they serve in the fissures. <coughs> Wise guy, eh? I think we might be able to get the judge to take another look at your case. 20 years ain't so bad next to the next 50. Oh, I ain't turning. You seem jittery. How long has it been? Couple days? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You sure? Shimmer's a hell of a thing, isn't it? I'm not saying shit. Fuck. Shit. Ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shame. (laughs) And scene. (laughs) And at the end of this transcript, uh, we have some more questions. So... Which officer does Nigel want to talk to? And these aren't real names, by the way. These are redacted. We're just having fun. And then why would he talk to him? And can't find anyone in the system matching this perp's description. What happened to him? Any ideas, Edge? Any ideas? I mean, mean, we kind of get the vibe from Arcane that Silco's got enough power to, to call some hits while in prison. And we know from our other council archive episode for with Vi yeah. that he sent people that the people that worked for him were in there, were still in touch with him. And some of these guys tried to take out Vi to get in good with Silco. So it wouldn't be far fetched to say that the guy just kind of died in prison of not so natural causes. <laughs> So now we have another crime report, you know, another incident report, which you guys are familiar with at this point. Um, this is incident number 9393. We have some victim information. Name Mun Polarant, which is quite the name. Uh, middle-aged male, purple eyes, short black hair, uh, facial hair, mustache, medium height, medium weight, uh, several tattoos, Uh, Once again, victim type human, uh, victim of gang violence, homicide, weapon involved, meat hook. That's always a good one. (laughs) Hetch loves his his crime dramas and a meat hook. Listen, gangs love that shit. 
Hell yes. Leave the body in the butcher, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And suspect info, we don't have much of any. We just know the suspect's still at large, which is like, at this point, is a cop out, right? We get it. If he's not in prison, he's at large. Fill out the the form properly, please. (laughs) Yeah. And I just love that they leave the at large next to all the information they don't have. Yeah. So then it's just like, yeah, tell the people. We don't know what the killer is. Killer, male, female, tall, short. We know none of it. So be afraid of everyone. They're all out to kill you. <laughs> so we get a crime narrative. So victim was found dead in a storage uh, fridge of Polarance Meats is the name of the 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 butcher uh employee found him hanging from a meat hook entering the stages of liver mortis i don't know what this is i'm familiar with rigor mortis right which is popular if i said that correctly liver mortis i'm guessing is just an earlier stage yeah i uh, i'm not going to pretend to know what liver mortis is because uh, again i know of rigor mortis um tell us in chat this is also not like the the liver yeah, the liver part of this is clearly uh, Latin spelling yeah. as well, so it's not anything to do with the the body yeah. part liver. So, yeah, yeah, you, you, someone else tell us. Someone smarter than us tell us. <laughs> uh, they also found that the boss owed money to many undercity gangs. He was planning on expanding his business to multiple locations. Uh, investigators found a progress day pin stained with blood at the location, and then no link of victim to that event. Some additional info here as well. A victim was expanding his business, must have been in talks with heads of industry and business owners. Uh, Track down list of industrialists in the Undercity. Maybe they know more. Yep, so Caitlin is back at work and hard at work. Um, the cool thing as far as her notes here now, they're a lot less open-ended than at the beginning of this whole council archive. Like her notes are now really specific. So instead of just like, ah, who could have done this? It is a thing of like, okay, it's, instead of just trying to find info, this is how I'm trying to find info. These are the people I'm going to track down. It's a lot. Her experience is starting to come through now. Yep. And then we get an autopsy report of Munn. Uh, he is obviously human, male, purple eyes. We told you all that before. We have a list that says gaping wound in upper back. And the victim was found suspended from a meat hook. That kind of tracks uh, that had pierced through the terrace major muscle and into the right lung. That will do it. Uh, and the probable cause of death is internal hemorrhaging. <laughs> Yeah, that'll definitely do it. It's going to be a slow and painful death as well, because with that, you're just going to choke on your own blood, just drown on it. Um, And as far as our dead boy here, the full name is Mun Polarant. So we do know that this is the owner of Polarant meat. So poor guy died the way that he lived, hanging meat up on a hook. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. So we immediately move into another incident report. We told you this is a chunky one. And this victim's name is Lan Drenot or Drenot. Um, middle-aged, male, blue eyes, medium white hair, uh, facial goatee, heavy set, medium height, uh, scars, tattoos, none. Once again, race human. 
obviously a victim of gang violence like Mun, uh, and no weapons were involved. The suspect information continues to be useless, um, and they're still at large. So as Hedge said, be afraid of everybody. But we do have a crime narrative, as usual. Uh, on 9th Street Bath, or at the 9th Street Bathhouse, uh, they notice a foul smell from one of the steaming pools. Uh, the body of Mr. Drenat was clogging the filters. Cause of death was listed as drowning, although although the body was mutilated afterwards and contorted to fit inside of one of the filter pods. Uh, he was a regular at this location and a shareholder. Uh, the business had recently gone public. A progress day pin was also found here, and it was stuffed in an adjacent filter pod. Investigations should reference case 9393 that we talked about before. Uh, so the question is, what does the pin mean? What's its significance? Yeah, like this is kind of a big clue, but it's a big clue that no one knows What's anything about. Like, why, why is there a progress day pin? What? What's in the filter pod? <laughs> it's a dead guy. <laughs> so we have some evidence here along with this, which is the progress the progress day pin itself. This is evidence number three. Uh, once again, found at the Ninth Street bathhouse and found by Marcus. Dun dun dun. Da, da, da. Um, now that we know that Marcus is the one finding this, this kind of leads only more questions because is this something that Marcus is actually trying to solve or is it something that Marcus is being paid to keep under wraps and we will never know that's the big spoiler there we'll never but know wait, the answer there's more death and destruction <laughs> incident number 10844 <laughs> we have another body folks holy cow yeah Farron Rivero <laughs> middle-aged male Blue eyes, long brown hair, a long beard, weight medium, height short, uh, scars on upper jaw, human. Once again, gang violence, assault and battery, and no weapons involved. But we do have a suspect. Nero, S-O-N-E. Sex, male. Suspect location, in custody. 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 In custody. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have a crime narrative so the crime narrative is enforcer on duty heard a scream from a nondescript building officer found nero esso over a makeshift operating table Farron rivero was the man strapped to the table officer raised weapon instructed esso to the ground esso complied with a nonchalant attitude backup then arrived to book esso uh, they then unstrapped rivero and found his mouth crudely wired shut with copper wire this wire round ran down his neck entered his skin and attached to a small mechanical device at the top of his spine this uh, this stopped Rivero from speaking, and if removed, would cause a deadly explosion. Esso did not talk. Only contraband found was a progress day pin. That is some like this is some jigsaw levels of just violence, though. Just like no, we we know how to keep you from talking. A bomb that will trigger <laughs> if you talk. <laughs> And this takes us to another recorded interview and just some more free content for you all. All right. You ready, Hatch? Because I'm back. <laughs> ah, and I'm here to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> 
no case number associated right, with this. So one, I'll by take the way. it from the. So let's get into it. Yeah. No. This is. Yeah. This, this is just kind of there. So, um, officer redacted is back here. And um, <laughs> so, what's the significance of the pins? Pins. We we found them at all your hits. They're from old progress days. Oh, that's what that is from. Yeah, so uh, so it wasn't your idea then? No, no way. Boss told me to do it. Gross? The other guy. It was his way of playing a little joke on Cross, I think. How so? A reminder of where he came from, who he really is. And scene. So that's it. That's all we get from any. And then we get some evidence. Evidence number seven, another progress pin, along with a note found by Marcus. It says, regards, S. Who is S? Come on, we know. Who is S? (laughs) Who is S? (laughs) So... This then takes us to our final transcript and the end of this fun adventure. Uh, So we're going to finish it the way we started this with some good old acting to round it out real quick. Please hold your applause to the end. Lovely. I'll be playing the role of the enforcer this time. Hetch will be NMA. What's your name, Hetch? Ah, oh, NMA. I'm gonna go with Neil <laughs> Mason, uh, arsonist. Okay, <laughs> Neil Mason, arsonist. <laughs> this is case number nine two 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 at the offices of the Piltover Enforcement. So, you're a known associate of Mister Esso. Sure, we're coworkers. You were. Well, he's uh, retired. But you still work for Cross. I never said that. You work for an S person. A what? I slide over the evidence number seven. Who does S refer to, Smeech? (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny? (laughs) Answer me. Uh, S ain't Smeech. That Yordle's just a lieutenant. We wouldn't let him govern us like you do up here. So who is it? Why are you asking me? He's got just as many people working for him topside as he does in the fissures. Get your shit out of the square for once and you'll find him. He's not trying to hide anymore. And scene. Find S. Find the mole. And that's it. We did it. This is a long one. We did. It. But this was fun. Yeah. This was really fun. Yeah. Um, and we had a rare, like, when we saw the transcripts, we were like, oh, we got to make, we got to have fun with this one. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and this one, like, the, the amount of time that we had to put into this, yeah. like, it's a testament of just how much work Caitlin was able to get done by herself. Yes. And... Like that amount of content, I think if that's the only thing you take away from this, you're going to take away a good thing, which is the work ethic 
and the ingenuity that Caitlyn has as a character. And that's what makes these arcane characters so good is that they are fleshed out and they're executed beautifully. So even in their side content, you can take away a lot from the characters. Beautifully said, I couldn't say it better myself, my friend. And listeners, thanks for sticking around this long and hanging out with us once again. But there's more Council Archives <laughs> coming because we got to finish it up strongly. So keep an eye out for the next one. Uh, but for now, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. Yep, Y'all the real ones. So y'all take it easy. <laughs>